there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. These are the ways in which Mark Whipple's 2021 offense at Pittsburgh and Nebraska's offense from last season were the same. Pitt averaged 486 yards per game, eighth nationally. Nebraska averaged 446. That's despite the Panthers running seven more plays per game on average and playing the 39th toughest schedule in the country. Nebraska faced the sixth most difficult schedule last year and only trailed the Panthers by 40 yards per game. On a per-play basis, the Huskers were slightly better than Pitt, ranking 18th to the Panthers' 25th. Nebraska hit for an explosive pass on 21% of plays, Pitt on 20.6%. The Panthers had a success rate of 47.7%, the Huskers 45.7%. The average play in 2021 generated 0.298 points in predicted value for the Panthers, 22nd nationally. It was 0.283 for the Huskers, 31st. Pitt allowed 2.43 sacks per game, Nebraska 2.42. There were statistical differences too, but broadly speaking, these were both top 30 offenses a year ago. Pitt was a little more efficient, Nebraska a little more explosive. Neither was quote-unquote bad in either category. In my view, there was only one difference that actually mattered. Pittsburgh averaged 41 points per game. Nebraska averaged 28. This is an oversimplification, but that's why Whipple is in Lincoln now. That's why it was worth nearly $1 million in 2022. Nebraska has spent $1.20 to earn a dollar on offense during the Scott Frost era. Whipple's Panthers in 2021 spent about 80 cents to earn that same dollar. From a numbers perspective, that's the play. Nebraska under Frost has never had a problem putting up yards. It's had a problem putting up points. Whipple put up a lot of points last year with basically the same numbers. If you think about how much hinges on that play, it could drive crazy. Jobs are on the line. Entire families might have to move. Kids, having just made new friends, might have to leave them behind again. Millions of dollars are at stake. Such is college football. Let's preview Nebraska's offense in 2022. You're listening to the IED Preview Podcast. I'm Hale Varsity Managing Editor Brandon Vogel. Let's talk some football. This episode of the IED Preview Podcast is brought to you by Union Bank and Trust. Like last year, this isn't the standard IED Preview Podcast you'll hear weekly throughout the season ahead. This is more of a narrated article. The intro you just heard and everything that comes after this brief aside also appears on hailvarsity.com as a story. If you'd rather read it than listen to it, you can. If you arrived here after clicking on the story and decided to listen instead, welcome. I apologize for not being a professional voice actor. I reached out to John Hamm's team to see if he'd narrate and never heard back. So I'm what we get. On with the preview. At Big Ten Media Days in late July, Frost called his partnership with, with Whipple, quote, a fun collaboration, unquote. He corrected a reporter who characterized the change in the comings for Nebraska offense as Frost stepping away from play calling duties. In fact, to whatever degree Frost has given up some control, he said it makes him sad, as good an indication as any, that something new might actually be happening here. That's all fine and fair, 
it should give Frost some remorse because he's good at presenting problems for a defense through scheme and play calling. He shouldn't be totally divorced from that side of the ball because Nebraska's offense isn't broken. It just has one bizarre malfunction. Not enough points. Whipple, who has the seen-it-all savvy you'd expect from someone with 40-plus years in the game, is here to assess and address that malfunction. We already know that. Four months from now, we'll all know if it did or didn't work. Right now, however, the question is, how does it all work? What does this offense look like? What does it need to look like? I don't know, to be honest, like the rest of you. I can only try to make informed guesses at this point. But here are three things to consider. Number one, all pass, no breaks. Whipple is a passing guy. You need to know that and probably probably already do if you follow Husker football. His 2021 pit offense threw the ball on 53.5% of plays. Nebraska ran the ball on 55.6% of plays. That's the offseason conflict, the thing we've been talking about all summer. Is this a pass-first offense now, given that the Huskers hired Mark Whipple? The projected answer is more complicated. The old adage that a team has to run the ball to win is more of a chicken-or-egg scenario than anything. Winning teams do often outrush the opponent, but it may only be because teams that are already winning tend to run the ball more. Whipple's pit tenure is a good example. Last season, the Panthers ran the ball 57% of the time when they were in the lead, 36% of the time when tied, and 40% of the time when trailing. It's the number when tied that probably gives you the clearest picture into the heart of an offensive coordinator. The stakes are even then. Playing with the lead prompts more rushes. Playing from behind prompts more passes. And those are powerful forces impacting what a coach can do regardless of what he wants to do. When all things were equal in 2021, Whipple opted to throw the ball a lot, and it would have been dumb not to. He had an eventual Heisman finalist at quarterback and one of the best receivers in the game. Before that was the case, in 2020 and 2019, Whipple's pit offense still threw the ball more than they ran. There's not a lot of mystery about what he wants to do. How often he does it at Nebraska in 2022, however, largely depends on how things go. In addition to the vast difference in scoring between the Panthers and Huskers last season, there was another one worth noting. Pitt's offense had a lead on 55.6% of the plays it ran last season. Nebraska had a lead on 28.8% of plays in 2021. And this has been a consistent problem through the Frost era. In 2018, the offense had a lead for 30% of the plays. It was 35% in 2019 and all the way down to 26% in 2020. The Huskers have constantly had to play uphill. If you're worried by the idea of a pass-first offense in the big, burly Big Ten, I get it. The track record of that approach succeeding in this league isn't extensive. Ohio State can do it, but it laps everybody in terms of talent. Purdue tries to and has had some good results. Indiana tried to under Kevin Wilson. Beyond that, in a 21st century context, you're talking about Joe Tiller as a successful example of taking to the gray skies consistently in the upper Midwest. But in this specific example, 2022, if Nebraska ends up throwing more than it runs, it's probably a good thing up to about the 55% mark. It would mean two things in my mind. One, it would mean Casey Thompson, or whoever starts the most games, was probably able to execute the offense as designed. Two, 
it would mean Nebraska probably wasn't playing on a slanted field based on the score. This is where, between 50 and 55% pass, I'd guess this first Whipple offense lands. More than that, and the Huskers probably trailed too often, as they have for the past four seasons. Less than that? Could be great news, or it could be terrible news. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Point to consider number two, run it back. Now, let's get to Frost's part in this hopefully fun collaboration. He trends towards run. Probably not a surprise given the offense he played in, Nebraska's, and the offense he made his coaching name in, Oregon's. The Huskers have been a run-first team all four years under Frost, despite not getting enough out of the running backs after Divina Zigbo in 2018. It's where Frost comes from. Whipple may have offered a hint at the division of duties this summer during a Sports Nightly radio appearance. Speaking about Logan Smothers, the only returning quarterback with experience at Nebraska, Whipple said Smothers only had to learn half the playbook. That half was the passing game, Whipple's concepts. The half he already knew was the run game, Frost's concepts. At least that's how I read it. It might make sense if that were the case, despite a heavy reliance on Adrian Martinez for yards and Luke McCaffrey for a couple of games in 2020. The Huskers' run game may have totaled out better than you think. In a conference where rush yards are hard to come by, Nebraska's rushing offense has finished in the top half of the Big Ten all four years under Frost. Last season, sixth, was its lowest ranking yet, but that was against one of the ten toughest schedules in the country. The good news, bad news of this run-pass breakdown is this. Unless Nebraska has a breakout star in its running back room right now, it's hard to see the passing game not being the Huskers' weapon of choice. If Nebraska does have such a back, great news. Maybe it's Gabe Irvin Jr., building on the promise shown during an injury-shortened season. Maybe it's Ramir Johnson, the solid, often underappreciated option. Maybe it's one of the newcomers. If the Huskers don't have such a back, a run-first focus might mean that the football gods have finally smiled upon Lincoln. That would be a nice thing for Nebraska's immediate goals, but perhaps not all that sustainable. The bad news. Through luck or design, if Nebraska was playing from ahead most of 2022, 
then I could see this being an offense that ended up closer to a 50-50 split. But those are really the only two scenarios where I could see that being the case. I can't feel good about betting on Nebraska having one of the 20 or 30 best backs in the country right now, based on what we've seen so far. But maybe I could bet on Nebraska being a team that consistently gets a lead and maximizes the advantage that presents. If that happens, and it hasn't for four seasons now, it could be a sign of overall program health. Or, like a big swing in turnovers, it could be a bit random. The Huskers would probably take random right now if it meant more wins, but I'd spend the entire 2023 offseason worrying about sustainability. Of course, these discussions, the run-pass split, luck versus design, won't matter at all if Nebraska doesn't address perhaps its biggest issue entering 2022. Are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of more than 20 years? Consider FSC Edge. What is FSC Edge? a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies with expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe, including the European Patent Office, the Deutsches Patent und Markenamt, that's the German and Patent Trademark Office, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office as well. FSC Edge is the only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC Edge comes with some great perks. You get to work with fun people with great attitudes. You learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer facing, which means casual dress is welcome. You get to work in a new work environment with more than $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you get to do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. The FSC Edge team is constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join in their mission. Check out available jobs today at www.jobsatfsc.com. Thing to consider number three. Is mindset the key to better line play? It's hard to be good in the Big Ten if you're just average on the offensive line. It's hard to argue Nebraska has been better than average up front of late. Center Cam Jurgens earned third-team All-Big Ten honors from the media last year. He was the first Husker lineman to make one of the top three teams since tackle Nick Gates in 2016. The Huskers have had one first-team All-Big Ten lineman since entering the conference, Spencer Long, in 2012. This is a program that has nine Outland Trophy winners, the most in the history of the award. Nebraska was about average in 2021 in a number of line-specific measures. 67th in line yards, 60th in opportunity rate, 60th in stuff rate, and seriously below average in one. The Huskers allowed a sack on 8.1% of dropbacks last season, 104th nationally. That said, new position coach Donovan Riola doesn't inherit a line in need of a complete renovation. Jurgens, a second-round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles, is tough to replace, but he was really the only key piece the Huskers were missing prior to the news that left guard Naradin Nuwili would miss the upcoming season. With Nuwili in the mix, the Huskers returned 82% of their O-line snaps from last season, the most in the Big Ten and 11th nationally. Without him, that number comes back to the pack a bit, but there's still plenty here for Iola. The Huskers' triumvirate of tackles, Turner Corcoran, Teddy Prohaska, and Bryce Benhart have talent. 
by the 24-7 composite ratings, those three rank first, Corcoran, fourth, Ben Hart, and seventh, Prochaska, among all of the offensive linemen Nebraska has signed since 2011. With Corcoran's ability to move around on the line, it's not a bad place to start. If those three are all starters in some combination, Rayola would have the option of two six-year seniors, Trent Hickson and Brock Bando, at center and guard. Frost has been consistent, if a bit general, in what Nebraska needs from its line and what he's seen from Rayola's group through the offseason. Quote, what really drew me to Donnie is, what I believe in from an attitude and technique standpoint on the offensive line, is exactly what he coaches, Frost said at Big Ten Media Days. I think that change can make us a little bit better. He's done a good job getting that team, that group, to be a unit and be a brotherhood. Couldn't prove line play really be as simple as a change in mindset? Maybe. It is the biggest position group on the team, so a feeling of camaraderie among the group probably matters the most up front. Playing on the line also involves some of the hardest work for the least amount of attention. Pride in a job well done is often the only immediate reward, and that's not everyone's default setting. Sometimes you need someone who can instill that. Frost is betting Ryle as the guy. Bando called his new position coach very demanding, but said, that's what we need right now. More than once this offseason, Frost said he believes Raiola's impact will be noticeable. It needs to be. I'm not saying anything that everybody doesn't already know, Frost said, but as that group goes, we're probably going to go. And so it goes. Thanks for listening to the I-80 preview. If you like the show, do all your podcast chores, rate and review it, share it, tell a friend and an enemy just for fun. I'll be back next week to take a look at Nebraska's defense, and then we'll transition to our regular game and opponent previews each week. A Huda Media Production.